Hi there, my name is Alex Faust and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. I am your host, Alex Faust, and very excited to have Deb Gabor uh, as our guest today. If you are not familiar with Deb and you haven't read any of her books or seen her course at Growth Institute, she's written the book on branding now three times with bestsellers such as Branding is Sex and Irrational Loyalty. And today, I'm very excited to have her joining us to talk about her newest book, which is called Personality, uh, Person-ality, Cultivate Your Human Authority to Ignite Irrational Brand Loyalty. So Deb, welcome back to Conversations at the Edge. And uh, where are you calling in from today? Well, I'm just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah right now, so I can enjoy uh, lots and lots of snow. Well, to start, um, I'd love to you know just open it up and have you kind of share what is the new book, Personality, all about? So Personality as a book really takes this methodology and talks about the humanization of brands through the authority of the leaders of those brands. So Personality is a book, it's in two parts. The first book really talks about this concept of authority, what authority is, how you create it, how you earn it, um, you know, people who act with authority in the world, how that creates brand goodness for them, what the connection between authority and brand magic and brand love is and irrational loyalty. And then the second half of the book really talks about the path to monetizing authority. So um, this book really is about this like sort of weird amorphous concept of authority, which I don't think has been written about or uh, really talked about probably in five or six years. And so it was a really good opportunity for me to really look at a moment in time where people were requiring the brands that they used, whether they were B2B or B2C brands, to show up in a very, very human way. So that's what the book is about. So what does it mean to communicate your authority in a human way versus a non-human way? Uh, I think that that's best expressed through the sharing of some experiences that I had at the beginning of the pandemic. And so um, people who read this book, you'll you'll probably see this, but I, I, I wrote a somewhat quirky and cheeky letter that was the amalgamation of all of the emails that I received to my inbox at the beginning of the pandemic from the CEOs of brands that I didn't even remember that I had patronized, right? So do you remember this, Alex? Like right when the pandemic started, we started getting those hashtag we're all in this together emails, the, you know, we're thinking about you. And at this difficult time, remember, it was unprecedented times, how many times that phrase was used. Um, and, and so this idea of communicating with authority is to not do that, not to send the same email that every other brand is sending to customers that you really have no relationship with to share with them, you know, your somewhat inauthentic, insincere, and just the same as everyone else sentiments, right? So um, communicating with authority is to really humanize your interactions in 
the experience that people have with the brand by truly showing what your own GUI insights are. So as the CEO or leader of an organization, regardless of the size of the organization, regardless of the type of customers you have or the type of marketing that you do, the leaders of those brands, they they carry some authority. They are like the human walking billboard for the brand. They are the person who, who is out there sort of expressing the sentiments of the brand, who, who are being the human touch points for where the rubber meets the road from a branding perspective. So, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, not only did I receive like, you know, probably close to seven or 800 of these emails from e-commerce places where I had bought one or two items sometime in the past three years, I also received a lot of automated communication that both came into my email as well as in my social feeds. Um, things like, uh, you know, after we, after the WHO announced that we had a global pandemic, uh, and, and the world basically was shutting down, I was still receiving emails, like one from Costco that was asking me to give a star rating to the legal pads I had just bought, or another email, um, that I received from a clothing retailer that sent me an email with the subject line, staycation is better than vacation, that was advertising a bunch of comfy clothes and things like that. That is like, the antithesis to communicating with authentic, sincere human authority. So um, really this idea of authority is, is establishing a footprint of leadership that relies on your unique point of view, your, your well-informed you know, vis-a-vis -vis your, your customers, your well-informed kind of relationship with those customers, all designed to create that condition of irrational loyalty. Does that make sense? Um, so, you know, obviously the first portion of your book is about this idea of authority and how it relates to attracting customers. So how does this building of authority actually generate, you know, new leads and new customers for your business? You talked a lot about the stuff that certainly doesn't work. What is working? So what is working in the world of authority today is when the leaders of brands use the platform of their brand, that brand awareness, the irrational loyalty, the advocacy, the mass and momentum of their brands to express a unique point of view and, and use their own point of view and the platform of their brand to attract to them customers who are aligned with those ideas and with those sentiments. Um, probably best shared through a really good example. Again, something that happened at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, one of the hardest hit it one of the hardest hit industries, of course, was travel and tourism, right? And one of the biggest brands in that area that, you know, really does have a lot of authority is Airbnb. And um, a lot of people probably remember at the beginning of, of the uh, pandemic, Brian Chesky, who founder, founder of uh, Airbnb, he sent this open letter to employees, basically, you know, letting them know everything that was happening he was delivering 
kind of good news, bad news, mostly bad news in that they were doing sweeping layoffs. They were um, communicating to their community of homeowners and travelers, you know, that the whole world has changed, that this was a time where Airbnb as a brand was going to rely on all of its assets and its past experiences to really look at travel in a different way and reinvent the way people travel and the way people use Airbnb. And as a result, and everything that the company did sort of led by Chesky as the person who was the expert voice on not just renting your home temporarily to, to travelers, but being an expert voice on how the travel industry was going to respond to sweeping environmental, demographic, geopolitical, uh, you know, widespread health changes. He was using that platform of his brand to express unique point of view and sort of set the tone and direction for the organization. Um, as a person who who owned Airbnbs and, you know, was was sort of stunned by what happened and, you know, part of my income got cut off and, and all of this, I was really looking for a, a voice and some leadership in the wilderness to help me know where to be, what to think, what to do, uh, where, you know, wh where to stand even. So in a time of crisis, especially human beings are, are looking for leadership. And when there's a vacuum of leadership and there's a vacuum of communication, people make up stories and they're never good stories. Right. And so authority is the thing that gives the leaders of organizations the opportunity to set the course for what's going to happen. And in the process, earn people's irrational loyalty. And just as a review for everybody, irrational loyalty is the condition where people are so indelibly bonded to a brand that they'd feel like they were cheating on it if they were to choose an alternative. And authority is really the pinnacle of that. And it, and it comes from real human beings. I want to kind of get to the other side of the book, not just on the authority building, but as we kind of make that transition, um, you have this rule of reciprocity. Uh, that's playing a role in rehumanizing the brands and building authority. Can you talk about this idea of building out reciprocity? Yeah, absolutely. So the idea of reciprocity, I wish I owned that, but that's a basic tenet of psychology and sociology. And basically it means I do something nice for you, then you do something nice for me, right? And there are three kinds of reciprocity. There's general reciprocity, which is what I just described. There's balanced reciprocity, which is when I give something to you with the expectation that when it's time for you to give to me, because I gave to you, that you'll give to me. And then there's negative reciprocity, which the internet is full of negative reciprocity today. Negative reciprocity today is using the platform of your authority, using your point of view, sharing information with people, all with the idea that they're obligated to give you something in return. So this idea of reciprocity works on the principle that people shouldn't feel obligated to give you something in return. So Alex, have you ever signed up for something on a website to get some information, say for instance, a digital download of some kind? Of course. Of course, right? And then what happens? Your email inbox is flooded with promotions. 
right? Buy this, buy this, buy this. That's an example of negative reciprocity. So one of the things that's happened over the past couple of years is we've lowered the bar for authority. Basically, when we sent everybody home during the pandemic, gave them a camera, a ring light, and a microphone, we created a world where anybody with a point of view, whether it's well-informed and authoritative or not, can style themselves as an expert, get out there on the internet, start sharing information, all with the purpose of selling you something, right? So that's an example of negative reciprocity. And, and you, you know it when you see it, right? I mean, I, I, I see it all the time. I spend a lot of time on Instagram. Um, and you know, there, there are, there are coaches, pundits, experts, people who are out there, you know, they're sharing information with you. They're asking you to go to their website, sign up for this thing, get my free ebook on this subject or whatever. And then they are just going to pound you with offers, right? It feels gross. It's sort of like the online equivalent of, you know, receiving a dick pic on Tinder or, you know, a little bit like going to the used car lot. I mean, I'm not exaggerating here. It feels really gross. You know it when you see it. That activity, that use of negative reciprocity, I give you something of value and you give me something in return, which is your attention. Sometimes it's your email address. Sometimes it's your like, your follow, you know, some kind of fandom there. And then you're going to just pummel me with messages that are going to beat me into submission until the point that I, that I actually buy something from you, right? That is killing authority. That activity is killing authority. And so the basics of reciprocity are just this. If you are ready to be an authority, that means that you are ready to share information from yourself, from your point of view, from your experience, from your work, share it with other people for free without any expectation of anything in return. It's the idea of helping versus selling, right? And so that's how authority works. You know, people who are experts, who who have a platform of authority are people who give generously of themselves, who generously share their point of view and helpful information that's designed to attract people to them so that when those people are ready, they will actually lean forward and tell you what they want to buy from you rather than you just like dumping on them. This is, you know, LinkedIn is a very, very powerful platform for building authority in, in the business world, right? And what we see on LinkedIn is, you know, I send you a connection request, you accept my connection request. And then the very next thing I get in my LinkedIn inbox is an invitation for me to do a 15 minute fact finding call where you're going to sell me like a 10, 25,000, you know, 30, thousand dollar offer, right? It feels gross, doesn't it? Rather than like using LinkedIn as a channel and a platform to establish authority, put information out there, share blog posts, share long form content, share videos where you're talking about helpful things that are going to help your target audience actually manage their way through whatever are the challenges and opportunities of your industry, your category or whatever, then people are going to start engaging with you. And so... Um, authority and reciprocity, it relies on this idea of attracting and cultivating community by giving to a community rather than selling to them. Deb, I just want to give you the opportunity. Any final things that you think our community should know um, about your book, about branding in general, about moving into 2023 and what's going to be expected of them? 
I just want to kind of pass it over to you for any final thoughts. Yeah. In two minutes, the things that I would share is, first of all, the characteristics of the best brands in the world, they they all have these four things. Number one, they aim their brand at an ideal archetypal customer. That's whether they serve consumers or they serve other businesses. For other businesses, it's that human being who is the one who's going to use the brand. And when I say use the brand, they're going to use that brand to elevate their own self-concept. Then they become part of that person's identity. They become part of who they are. They help them express who they are, not just to other people, but to themselves. They're not just different. They're singular. The best brands in the world are unique. So make sure you carve out your uniqueness. And ultimately, you make that ideal customer the hero in their own story. And that's what creates that condition of irrational loyalty. The second piece that I want to share is that in 2023 and beyond, with the... um, it, with with the taking off of lots of sort of mixed reality technologies, new technologies that that sort of automate more and more processes in in the buying process in every industry uh, during the war for talent, like everybody is looking to automate things. When you automate things using technology, you dehumanize processes. It speeds things up. It makes us more efficient. It makes us more effective. It improves profitability. It improves delivery. But content and authoritative content that has a unique point of view that expresses your values and beliefs and uses those values and beliefs as a magnet to attract people to your brand is going to become increasingly important as you automate. So that's what I would say for 2023 is make sure that as you automate, that you're also thinking about how do I also humanize the brand while I dehumanize the transactional nature of it. And that's really where authority comes in. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.